0: Be fun day, everybody. Welcome back to the Couchside Judges. I'm Scott Fontana. You can follow me on Twitter at Scott underscore Fontana.
1: And I'm Dan Urban. You can follow me on Twitter as well at Dan Urban MMA. You can follow the podcast at Couchside Judges. And you can subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Google, anywhere that you listen. And if you're able to rate the show, please give us the finest review you
0: can five stars, whatever.
1: And we're going to talk about judging in MMA, so you should read up on the criteria at
0: abcboxing.com. So, Dan, we're, we're closing the door on uh, Valentine's Day. How was your Valentine's Day, sir? I spent it in bed,
1: recovering from my second COVID shot.
0: Yeah, you. Uh, th- this COVID thing
1: really likes to mess with you, doesn't it? Hey, I think it's over for me now. I had three rounds with it, 3-0. and uh, Yeah, I'm, I'm the champ.
0: I don't know. I, I think you probably lost the first round, dude. I didn't die. No, you didn't. That's true. <laughs> you didn't die, thankfully certainly kicked the butt kicked your butt pretty bad didn't it
1: i was like julian marquez
0: shooting your shot and then messing it up
1: no taking a beating and then coming back and winning
0: uh, okay yeah well we'll, <laughs> we'll talk about him shooting a shot and messing it up later yeah uh but i'm glad you're feeling better i'm glad you're on the upswing and then Thank within you. uh two weeks you'll you'll be uh all squared away ready to you know go covid for you can't wait hopefully yeah hopefully <laughs> for sure <laughs> Lord willing, right? But yeah, let's, uh, I mean, we had uh, obviously an interesting card over the weekend. Uh, it was very top heavy, of course, with the title fight uh, and everything else after that wasn't really on paper, you know, something worth $70 to, to buy. But I think ultimately we got our money's worth. It was a good fight.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you didn't pay 140 for it, um, like me, but yeah. You
0: think you paid $140 for this fight?
1: I did. I Why? Ch- I checked my statement and I was charged twice. Once, so tell by, them. once by Apple, once by Amazon. Well, let them know. Uh, maybe I'll get the next one free. Who knows?
0: Eh, see what you can do. But let's talk about the fight. No one cares about your bill, honestly, Dan. They just don't. <laughs> don't. ESPN Plus out.
1: needs to figure out a better system than what they have right now.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah whatever. No one cares about your money. Okay.
1: <laughs> can I have some?
0: Ah, if I had any. Okay. <laughs> yeah, this this fight, obviously, the uh, the Kamara Usman championship victory over his former teammate gilbert burns great fight yeah it was a good back and forth battle for the first round anyway what i liked about uh what 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 i found interesting about what kamaru said after the victory was that this was essentially how kind of some of their training sessions would go where he you know he'd throw something and then he would get countered heavy from gilbert i don't i don't get the sense that he got dropped every time but yeah, I mean, it seemed like this was not at a, all surprising development from Kamaru.
1: Well, I guess, yeah, if you train that much with somebody, it's, it's probably going to mimic your training sessions, yeah. actual
0: fight. But he, I mean, he certainly came back. He recovered. He showed championship medal in this fight for sure. It's not like he hasn't been tested before. The Colby fight was, was very much uh, a test of his skills at the top here. But, you know, anytime you can come back from a very rough first round, the way he did, especially in round two, uh, it's impressive to me.
1: Yeah, great, great way to come back. Because I mean, after that first round, I was like, oh, oh it's, we're in for a good good one here.
0: And then, Yeah, you- most definitely. I, I mean, you, you start to, I mean, not, you're not worried necessarily unless you have a personal interest in Kamaro, But, yeah, you're, you're sitting there like, man, is he really going to beat this guy? I don't know. <laughs> it looked like it for a minute. But But, no drama on the cards, though, for this one, Dana. Everybody had round one for Burns. Everyone had round two for Usman once he started putting that jab together.
1: Yeah, no issue on the cards. Great win for Kamaru.
0: And you know what I liked? I I liked seeing uh, Ron McCarthy assigned to this one, who we've spoken out before as, in my mind at least, the most underrated judge that we have uh, working in on this continent, anyway.
1: Yeah, it was good to see him get a title fight.
0: He hadn't had one actually since the start of the pandemic. He was on the Adesanya Romero fight, which was just terrible. So I feel like he deserved a better assignment than uh, than that one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that fight was uh, dreadful.
0: And he got one here. This uh, honestly excellent lineup of judges. We actually got the Vegas debut of Brian Miner who's based over here in the Northeast. Yep. That, was, good uh, and to that see. was, that was nice to see him on there. He's a judge that I, I have respect for and a, re- a good referee too. Yeah. I was glad to see that. The, the quality of judging that they're getting in Vegas is fantastic. Anybody who says, Oh, Vegas judges, like you really don't know. You're just repeating platitudes and, and, and things that you heard other people say, you obviously don't know what you're talking about. Oh, not. Yeah. I
1: don't even dignify them with a response,
0: nor should they get one, sir. <laughs> So what do we do though with with Kamaru Usman in the championship belt now? He's he's defended it now three times successfully, and he's beaten the top four ranked contenders in the UFC rankings, whatever they're worth.
1: There's only there's only I mean, it's Wonder Wonder Boy or, or Leon. I mean that in my mind, those are the only two.
0: The funny thing is he already beat Leon Edwards a long time ago. I mean, I think it's certainly worth running that back if if uh, if Edwards does win a next fight or if they even. I wouldn't even have a problem inserting him into the title fight next, but I don't know if that's what's going to happen. I think Edwards sounds it like he really does won't. want to get a fight in
1: yeah, it most likely will not be his next fight
0: no, but uh, and well, it won't be it's not going to be Edwards versus Wonder Boy. My understanding is Wonder Boy's uh, still recovering from I think he had surgery or he's just had an injury uh, mm-hmm. back from his fight uh, against uh Jeff Neal at the end of the year yeah, but I mean I, I, I'm not expecting Usman until summertime anyway that's true that's true. So. That's true. I don't want who do, who do you really want to see? Like, if you could just pick anybody against him, what, what would you want to see? It
1: would be probably Colby, would be my next guy that I want to see. I want to see the, the rematch.
0: I do too. I don't. Um, I don't. I, want I to am see no, I'm no fan of Colby Covington or the things he says. I respect him as a fighter, uh, which I get the sense is exactly what Usman feels about him. But it would be nice to finally run that back and let's see if uh, maybe Usman can win a second time and finally put to bed any notion. That Covington should be getting another fight with him. You go two and zero. Oh, that's over.
1: Yeah, no, that and that there. There's no. There's absolutely no reason that Usman should have called out Masvidal. I think that's a, that's a lame call out. Oh, there's a lot of reasons.
0: Uh, there's several million reasons.
1: Yeah, but I mean, that's why, all it is, though. Why is Jorge Masvidal ranked number four? I, I don't. I don't get it. I don't get why because he's ranked. The UFC
0: rankings are pointless, Dan.
1: Why is he ranked above Wonder Boy, who beat him? Like. I love all. He's interesting. I, I want to watch him. But The, the rankings is, are stupid.
0: They're made up by a bunch of people who don't regularly follow the sport. Not everybody. Some of them do, but a lot of them don't.
1: It's uh, oh, it's just annoying that he called him out. I get the, the whole six-day notice thing is what Jorge's been harping on,
0: I guess. That's all he can cling to, honestly. And I don't, the fight's not going to go any differently.
1: No, nah, maybe Usman does finish him. Who knows?
0: Uh, Yeah, I mean, I would say the end result is not going to go any differently as far as who's getting their hand raised. I mean the fight could develop in a different way, sure, but I I wouldn't expect Masvidal to get the victory or anything like that.
1: Like to be honest, I'd rather see Bilal Muhammad versus Jorge Masvidal. Like I think that's where Masvidal would the 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 fights he deserves right now. Guys yeah. towards the back end of, of nearing the top 10.
0: If it's not for obviously the, the ability to sell and that kind of thing. I would agree. I understand why a promoter wouldn't do it, but yeah, for me I, I like I like just putting the guys together who seem like they really ought to be fighting each other uh, regardless of that. But that's not how it works. Apparently not. Yeah. yeah that's it's just the way. But yeah, I, I mean, never never buy into the UFC rankings, man. They are they're stupid. Go by go by other websites. I I actually think an interesting one to look at sometimes is Fight Matrix because they do some sort of metric to to rank fighters and it obviously includes everybody. Uh, not just UFC fighters. Mm-hmm. So it's a good way to kind of know. I mean, you don't have to take them as like, these are the hard rankings that you should treat as gospel, but it's an interesting way to start considering fighters who are outside the UFC and say, well, okay, who's who's still quality who's not in the UFC?
1: Right, but my, my point is the only ones in the UFC that matter are the ones that they make up themselves.
0: Yes, So that's but why. even those don't matter because they'll do whatever they want. If 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 Kamzat Shemaev ends up being ranked number eight, And they book the title fight. No one would be surprised. And then you watch as all of a sudden he will shoot up the rankings. Because these weird things happen where everyone who votes in the rankings just says, Oh, he's in a title fight? Better move him up. (laughs) It's very weird.
1: But what about for Burns? Where does he go from
0: here? You know, Burns is in a tough spot because... I don't know if it's a tough spot, actually. But obviously it's a setback. It's not a huge setback, though. Because I think he proved himself on the way up. I think he proved himself in this title fight that he's not just some schmo. Who came up at lightweight and, and, you know, got caught a quick little hot streak. He can fight. He can stay here. I would like to see him against someone like Colby, actually. It's it's probably not the fight they'd make, but I think that would be interesting.
1: Yeah, Burns Covington. That would be that'd be a fun fight. Or, I mean, if I mean, is there any chance Burns can do a quick turnaround and, and fight Leon? Probably not.
0: No, I doubt it. I doubt it. He invested a lot in this fight. I don't I don't imagine he would come back, although he did when we were talking uh, last week when I interviewed him last week. He did say how excited he was to be fighting because he's at lightweight or excuse me at uh, at welterweight. Now, his body actually will allow him to take short notice fights. And before he would look at the scale, like he'd step on the scale and it would say 188, 190, and he'd be like, I can't get to 155. <laughs> but now he actually has the ability to do that. Shouldn't even so. try to get to 155 <laughs> from there. But I I don't think that would happen. I I wouldn't be, you know what, you know what actually makes sense as an interesting booking wonder boy and Gilbert Brown. Okay. We can do that. I like that one. That would be a fun fight. It's another fight where like, you don't really root against anybody.
1: Right. That, that's a good fight. The thing, the thing with my wonder boy, I want wonder boy to get the next shot is because okay. his clock is running out. So
0: yeah, I agree. I, I do think, I think if you were just to say, pick a guy, I would want someone, I would, I would want a fresh challenger. And I do think wonder boy would be one that makes sense. And let's see if he can stay off his back and work, uh, work that karate game of his. You know, the, the counter game he's got. I, th- I think he would have a better chance of keeping Usman's jab at bay because, you know, with the kicking, he'd probably be able to do some things to kind of control distance better.
1: Also presents a new challenge to Usman. Like, how's he? Well, oh, exactly.
0: That's that's yeah. the other part. So, but all right, take off our matchmaker hats, though, Dan. We've got some. Yeah. We've got some contested rounds here. Not too many. I think the judges had an overall excellent weekend although we lost several fights for various reasons so we only ended up with 10 by the time saturday night rolled around okay so let's start with uh this was on the main card kelvin Gastelum, he got a unanimous decision there were no splits no split decisions i don't think anybody walked away with a with a win that anybody disagreed with but kelvin Gastelum unanimous nod over ian heinish 30 27 and then two 29 28 but we it was actually the split round was not the one who gave 30 27. It was the two 29 28. So we had round one and round three where someone was the out judge. So let's start with round one, Dan. What happened in round one?
1: Yeah. Round one, kind of interesting round. I thought Gaslam was the better offensive fighter that I ended up scoring it for him. 10, nine. He- okay. had a pretty decent Kimura attack early from half guard, but outside of that, I didn't think he really did much. I didn't think Gaslam did all that much either. I just thought he did a bit more. And also that Kimura from bottom out was just like, come on, man, this is the UFC. Why are you wasting energy on that?
0: I, I don't know. Hey, I, I'm with you on that second Kimura, but I will say this: you of the of the admiration for shoulder locks to not give credit where it's due to Ian Heinisch for a shoulder lock earlier in the round. It was
1: yeah. decent attack. I mean, you're never gonna tap him there, but least, I always it thought was those
0: solid. Got like. Like triple extra credit for you,
1: <laughs> if it was if it was with his legs for sure, Omoplata. Oh, okay, absolutely. fair enough. If it was an
0: Omoplata,
1: <laughs> no, any any attack, started. I did, I didn't, I didn't think Gastelum was in all that much danger. Uh, but I did think it was a good attack.
0: I thought it was a good attack, and honestly, I thought the striking was relatively even. I think you'd still give the edge to Gastelum. And actually, watching this round live, I did give it to Gastelum. But even then, I was so torn. It was a very like, I don't round. know if judges feel this way when they have to give in a card. I'm sure some do occasionally, at the very least, where they, they have to put a name down and, like, man, this is a tough one. I'm putting this, but I mean, goodness, I, I almost wish I could think it through a little more. Um, I have no idea if that's what they think. But I mean, if, <laughs> if I was a judge, <laughs> I feel like without proper training and, and without having done it as much as they have, I'm looking at it like, man, I don't know. So I put down Gastelum, but I was like, geez, I don't know. And then I watched it again. And I did think that Ian Heinisch did enough, so I flipped on this round okay. on second watch.
1: That's, I mean, I'm totally okay with someone scoring I mean, it for close. mainly because Gaslam just didn't really do much. So yeah, I,
0: I didn't think either one was terribly successful with the striking. I, I, I just didn't think it was that much of a, an element of the round. It happened, sure, but like you know, nobody landed any big bombs or anything like that. At least from my seat at home. Uh, so, yeah, I ended up siding with the out judge uh, on second watch. and That was Brian Miner. Right. Uh, you went with uh, Ron McCarthy and Derek Cleary.
1: Yes. Yeah, so there's no couch side override here.
0: Nope, no, nope, didn't happen. <laughs> but round three, though, this was the other one where the judges were kind of split. Uh, and again, the, the, it didn't matter. The winner was going to be clear as long as it made it to the distance and no one was, you know, 1080 or something. So what happened here?
1: Yeah, this one I ended up switching. When I watched it live, I scored it for Heinisch. And when I rewatched it today, after I started feeling normal, uh, I went for Gastelum. I thought he landed the solid shots on the feet. And I thought Heinisch really only had one high spot in the, in the whole round of offense. Other than that, I didn't think he did anything. Which I think uh, he had
0: the highest of the high spots. So, but I don't think it was enough.
1: Yeah, so he gets that, that sweep in, in, into mount, and but didn't really... uh, oh, not, not into mount. In the back. In, in the back, yeah. He sweeps him, takes the back for about 30 seconds, lands some decent shots. But aside but you from didn't that, see him
0: really able to attack in the grappling the way that, you know, you would, you would hope someone would be able to with the back.
1: Right. Yeah. And, and you know, aside from that for Heinish, it really, the rest of the round was pretty much Gaslam.
0: Yeah, I would agree. And that was why I sided with Gaslam both uh, when I watched it live and after I watched it again today, I actually had the chance to watch all, all the rounds that we were, were going to be discussing uh, a second time oh. today. So that was nice. Well, we uh, but yeah, so many. both, uh, both you and I sided with Miner and McCarthy uh, Derek Cleary was the out judge in this one side of Heinish. I don't think it's a terrible score to go for Heinish. Obviously, you saw that way the first time. It's a close round.
1: Yeah, it was cl- close round. I, I mean, I can totally... If someone scored at 29-28 Heinish, I'd say uh, I can see it.
0: Well, you know, there's several people out there who think it would be just a fantastic idea to put seven judges cage side to oh, yeah. score fights. And <laughs> I bet you if you did, one of them would put down... Ian Heinish, 29, 28. I'm just playing numbers here. And then everyone would be like, oh, this guy's crazy. Good thing we had the other six. It's like, (laughs) come on. It's not changing anything. (laughs) Seven judges. Get out of here. Crazy talk. But another fight that we had uh, two rounds where there was some disagreement on. That was much earlier in the night with Chris Gutierrez. He got the unanimous nod over Andre Yule. And this was a 140-pound catchweight fight. Uh, But the scores were 30-26. 29-28, and thirty, twenty seven. So you know, a little bit all over the map.
1: Yeah, a little bit all over the map, but they got the the right winner. So
0: the right winner. And let's start with round two because everyone agreed that Gutierrez won the first round because he had he basically left no no doubt because of a, a very strong finish to to a kind of a I thought it was a tepid round in round one, but round two this is where the disagreement happens. And where did you land on this one?
1: I sided for uh, ten nine Gutierrez. This was a, a round where you saw a lot of kicking exchanges, not not so much punches. Which I that's I thought a Gutierrez was, fight, though. Yeah, that was very interesting. Uh, he was attacking the leg really well. I thought Gutierrez landed stronger strikes, but what makes the round interesting is towards the end, uh, Ewell attacks his heel hook. I just
0: didn't think it was enough to give him the round. So when I watched this live, I actually really thought from my seat at home that Yule had a ever so slight edge in the striking. I think he landed more. I think you can actually go back and look and see. He did in fact land with better volume. Now you don't just win on volume, but I did get the sense he was much more successful in this round. I mean, I would say this is easily his most successful round, whether you thought he wanted or not. Um, but I thought he had just a slight edge. I thought he was, he was able to do a little bit more of what he wanted with his punches, with his kicks too. You know, he was, he was working things in, um, and then obviously he gets it to the ground and then he pulls for the heel hook, which everyone on the commentary team was like, no, don't do it. And it like, <laughs> I mean, it, it wasn't as strong an attack after I watched it a second time, as I thought it was the first time I thought it was much closer to this. Um, and I was trying to tune out the commentary team. So once I heard the second time, the commentary team was like, oh yeah, this, this is past the knee. And I couldn't see that. Well, uh, that, that it really wasn't such a great attack, but, I thought it was still some effective offense there. I mean you're you're attacking, you're you're putting him in a little bit of danger, force him to defend. It's not a strong attack in that sense. But again, I, I had it very slightly striking wise to Yule. But I can understand why, you know, especially a judge sitting cage side so might think, okay, the power, if you want to add in the power, which you have to, that's coming from Gutierrez. So I, I get that.
1: Yeah, I, I had the the body kicks for Gutierrez were pretty much what, what put it over for me.
0: I understand that. That's that's totally understandable. When I first watched this, I remember thinking, like, how could you give it anything but Yule? But I, I've come off of that. I've backed off. Uh, I think it's totally fair to go either way with this one. I am sticking with Yule uh, and Ron McCarthy, too. He was the out judge on this one, uh, but I think he got it right. Uh, and Junichiro Camijo and Sal D'Amato, they went with your side, or you went with their side, really, because you're following them. Sure. They're, hey, they're getting paid for this, Dan. <laughs>
1: Hey, you think Gutierrez is ever going to wear those uh, ankle wraps again? I wouldn't.
0: He always wears them.
1: I wouldn't wear those. Why not? Not when you get your leg attacked like that. You want that extra grip for your guy? No way. No shot would
0: I wear those. I don't know. I mean, maybe he's got ankle problems, man. Maybe it happens because of the nature of the way he kicks and everything. I don't know. He might need it. I don't like it.
1: Actually, at first, when I was watching it, I was like, this guy's got crazy tan going. Because I couldn't tell at first that they were wraps. Oh. I thought he had, like, like he wears, like, high socks and... I a, think he's from had Texas
0: so had a you know, I do understand gone. why he he you know probably have a little more tan than I would cuz I'm a pale dude from New Jersey who doesn't go outside enough. Yeah, you should go outside more. I mean I try. I go out more. <laughs> I play with my kids. It's very cold out- I just go- don't like to go to the beach.
1: I get burned. Oh, I can't stand the beach. I hate sand. Yeah, sand
0: stinks. All right, well, well, round we'll 3, go. back to this. Uh, let's leave the beach. We'll go back to the fight. Round 3. This round no one doubted who won it. It was to the degree that it was won. We had a 10-8-10-9 watch here. So, Junior Kamija was the lone 10-8 score and McCarthy and D'Amato, they had it 10-9 Gutierrez. Where did you land on that?
1: I only went 10-9 for Gutierrez. I, I, I thought he put on I a did strike. Too. I thought he put on a striking clinic. Absolutely. Uh, strong leg kicks, good attacks to the head. The reason I didn't go 10A is cuz I couldn't check off dominance uh mainly because you'll responded enough to prevent me from checking it.
0: But did you check off duration?
1: I know I just checked off damage. No. Okay. No duration. I didn't think it was to that degree.
0: Yeah, the duration uh, in my understanding, which a judge can certainly correct me if I'm wrong, uh in duration in this case, you would want to apply it if it was to be applied because you know, there's obviously a consistent uh continual attack from Gutierrez. That's obviously putting Yule in this case in a situation where he can't answer back. Right. But he was right. Answering. I didn't see that necessarily. I think it was probably very close. I don't think it's crazy to go the 10, eight here. It's and, I, and Hey, I'll always push the definition of a 10. 8 if we get more 10, eights, that's fine with me. But I just, from what it seems like judges do, I didn't think this quite met that threshold
1: yeah, I'd like But to... hey, maybe this is
0: one they'll they'll go back to and say, hey, what do you think of this? You know, maybe yeah. judges will will review that.
1: Definitely an in- interesting
0: uh there.
1: I just didn't think it met anything outside of damage.
0: Yeah, I, that's that's kind of how I landed with it. That's why I, I think I could probably have called this a 10 8 in our uh, system.
1: I think I would have for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. But I, I don't know if I would have gone all the way to the the 10 8 in the actual which counts ABC scoring. Yeah. But again, nobody, you know, nobody questions who won right guy one this was easy and really we only had one more round to discuss uh so so our lightly round here is gabe green getting the unanimous nod over philip Rowe, 30 27 and 229 28s round one was the split round here and and dan you and i disagreed again
1: we disagree
0: but that's okay it's not though (laughs) disagreement is never okay have you ever been on twitter (laughs) it's true
1: (laughs) I ended up going for Rowe, 10-9. I thought he won yeah, the- Yeah, sh-
0: you, you were in the majority.
1: I thought he won the strike in battle, and on the ground, I thought it was kind of evenish. Uh, He'll get the mount, and then Green lands his pretty good hammer fist from the bottom mount. But then uh, when he gets put in that reverse triangle, the elbows that Rowe threw, I, th- I thought it took the edge there. And I thought, even though Green had that uh arm tra- triangle late, I, I thought Rowe did more effective offense throughout to give it to him.
0: See, I again, I was in the minority here. I sided with Tony Weeks, uh whereas Dave Hagan and Eric Colon saw it your way. I sided with Tony Weeks and I don't know how he saw it, but the way I saw it at least was when they were standing up, I thought that Green was winning the striking because of his leg kicks.
1: Yeah, I didn't think they had that much of an effect.
0: I thought I'm well, they certainly did by the end of the fight. Well, I don't remember the end of the fight, but I remember around round 1. Oh, I mean, by the end, I mean, we we saw we saw somebody who's getting getting. Oh, that's right. Yeah,
1: I I do. I do remember that now. Yeah.
0: You know, it certainly weighed on him later on in the fight. And yeah, you can't use hindsight. But even when I was watching, I remember thinking to myself and I I sometimes struggle with being able to identify how much a leg kick could be affecting someone in round one when it's going to pay off later. This fight, I really I felt cognizant of it. I felt like, yeah, these kicks are hard.
1: Yeah, but I mean, is there effect? Is there immediate effect right there?
0: Well, you certainly have to weigh that against the immediate effect of you know maybe punches coming back the other way or or something else like that, or or a kick that maybe chops somebody down, and that wasn't necessarily the case. But I didn't think necessarily any of the offense coming from Rowe was as immediately effective either.
1: But I'm just I'm just compared,
0: saying, like I'm, to overcome that, what I perceived from those kicks, anyway.
1: Well, but, but I'm saying. You can't say, oh well, the kicks are going to pay off eventually, so I got to score them. Higher. No,
0: no, no, I didn't say that. But what I said to myself while I was watching, I was like, these are hard kicks. They look effective. I uh, I disagree. I didn't think so. Well, that's fine. We can disagree, and you can be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's a close round. It really is. I I I have no problem with it going the other way. I think it's. I I definitely weighed the standing arm triangle, which which ended up going to the ground with. And don't forget when it goes to the ground, they're not just like gently going to the ground it was a little bit of a slam down too
1: yeah it also, so helped, it also
0: helped him escape it probably did but i thought that that attack even the standing nature of it which i every time i see someone go for a standing arm trial i'm like what are you doing guy you're never gonna finish
1: well yeah and then and sure if went- this
0: one actually looked pretty darn good because when they start going down you're like oh man he's actually kind of got this locked in a bit yeah only- so i thought that reached the height uh as far as the closest to getting a finish compared to anything Roe did yeah.
1: eh, maybe once it hit the ground for that split second that he was still in it.
0: Yeah. The, the trouble is the fact that he, it didn't stay once they hit the ground. I, I understand that too. Um, but I, I feel good about my score. I, I watched this one twice again and, and I just didn't think, uh, I didn't think I, I didn't see any reason to disagree with what I originally thought. Okay. That's it. That's fine. But close round didn't matter at all because Gabe green took control and won the other two rounds. Uh, and there's no drama here. Nope. No drama in the other fights of the night, too, because we had a bunch of undisputed rounds. We had 29-28s across the board for Alexa Grasso over Macy Barber. Barber only won the third round on all the cards. Ricky Simone, he got 30-27 times three over Brian Kelleher. Same for Bilal Muhammad over Diego Lima. And, of course, we talked about what happened in Usman Burns, where Usman won the second, Burns won the first. All 10 nines around. Uh, Julian Marquez, who we mentioned before, Get the third round sub, Anaconda choke. But the first two rounds both went to Maki Patolo. He's up 20 to 18. And then we also had that wild minute, you know, round plus fight between Anthony Hernandez and Hendolfo Vieira that, was that ended with a round two submission, not by Vieira. Uh, Hernandez won the first round 10 9.
1: Yeah, that was insane.
0: Great job by the judges. I thought this was great. I, again, it was nice to see the debut of Brian Minor over in Vegas and, and to see McCarthy get the championship assignment hope we see nothing against the judges who we usually see in those championship fights but i i think it's i think there's such a a talented experienced pool of judges now that i would love to see them rotate even more get everybody more championship experience they have a a good deep pool to choose from at the moment it's a good problem to have everyone thinks that that mma judging has a bad problem uh and maybe it does in certain states or commissions or territories it's possible uh and Probable, you know, I think we can make some arguments about certain commissions and, and places that we've not been a fan of how they how the assignments have gone, but not in Vegas, not Nevada. I think it's fantastic. And because of what's going on with the pandemic here, most fights are happening at the UFC level in Vegas. So it's working out.
1: Yeah, they're, they're doing a great job.
0: Hell yeah. So let's talk about the favorite finishes, though, Dan.
1: Anthony Hernandez tapping Jitsu world champ Adolfo Vieira with a arm and guillotine similar to the way Jack Hermanson has made famous his Joker teen. It was, uh, I mean, shocking. I, I don't know what else, to, what else to say about
0: that. Absolutely stunning. Yeah, so. I, I believe the odds that I saw were, it was like plus 3,000 for Hernandez to <laughs> actually win by submission over Vieira. Cardio is a killer. Yeah, man, he was, and he was a monster in that first round. Like he was on his way to, you know, maybe some sort of 10-8 type situation and ended up losing the round 10-9 and i actually yeah. thought that that round reasonably could have been a 10-8 for hernandez i just uh, yeah i i,
1: I saw you, you did think that uh disagree a little bit i think because
0: well obviously i'm wrong because all the other judges <laughs> felt that way well, I, I mean I no, i'm sure so but I, I, when i was watching it I, I kind of i really felt that because it was so pushed to the edge and there were so many diminishing blows and that kind of thing i, I think you can actually see, go the 10-8 so that's I think, what i thought and maybe i'm wrong
1: i think you checked damage and duration for Hernandez yeah but I think you check dominance and duration for Vieira so he had to come back from what was looking to be a 10a round and to go from down 10a to up 10a I mean that's just there's a lot of ground to cover there
0: but beyond the 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 three d's I mean you can talk about the diminishing blows you know that that's something that really does weigh into this I, I, I don't know I mean hey, hey I'm wrong because all three judges went one way and and I did not uh go in the same way I didn't i I said 10-8. They all said 10-9. And I said, okay, they know better. All right. What was your favorite? For me, it was it was Marquez. You know, getting that Anaconda. Any anytime I love watching fights where a dude or 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 a, or a woman comes back and they win in the third round after definitely losing the first two rounds, where there's nothing they can do but essentially get a finish or or get so close that you have to get those 10-8s, which don't come easy. Uh, that I, I love that kind of fight. I love to see it. And Marquez, I mean, he was—he's—he's such a character. He is so fun.
1: That was interesting, his uh, his uh, interview after.
0: Yeah, his his call out of Miley Cyrus to be (laughs) his Valentine, and then Dan, I I mean, you must have seen by now that Miley, in fact, answered him on social media and said, "If you sign MC into or if you shave MC into your chest, that it would get done," and. I I couldn't believe it. I was I was stunned. I'm like, look at this. Miley Cyrus. It actually got to her. I can't imagine she's watching most of these fights. Obviously, she's a prominent uh, figure, but like, you know, I, not every time someone says Miley, will you be my Valentine? Is she going to answer? But then did you see what Marquez answered?
1: I did. Uh, and just like Maki Patolo fumbled the snap in victory formation, he fumbled the snap there.
0: It's like he didn't learn anything from his own darn fight. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> You're not going to say, oh, yeah, while you're at it, Miley, while, while you're finally going to answer my prayer of, of being my valentine, would you also get Cuban Missile Crisis henna tattooed <laughs> over your belly button like Tupac? <laughs> what? Come on, dude. No. Well, yeah, he, he dropped the ball. So It's like he didn't really want it. He might not have. I don't think he really wanted it. I think I think he was just like, oh, let's see how it goes. And then when it happened, he's like, I, I want no part of this. <laughs>
1: Like the dog that's chasing the car. You find what are you gonna do when you catch it?
0: Yeah, you <laughs> didn't know. What to, he clearly didn't know what to do. <laughs> but good on him, either way. I mean, it was a fantastic finish. Fantastic way to come back, especially for him not having a fight for almost three years. You know what a wild way to come back. Good for him.
1: Yeah, but we did have uh, another fight fall through.
0: Yeah, that I was looking I, forward to. Yeah, the fight that you were most looking forward to that you said on Friday's show. Yep
1: jim miller versus bobby green because bobby green had some complications from his weight cut ended up collapsing after weighing in
0: what he said afterward on instagram was that he he had kidney and lung issues there were pockets in his lungs which i mean just sounds terrible um i don't want pockets in my lungs and i guess he the pain he was experiencing or something like that he was mistaking for a, a back injury that he'd suffered in training for the fight or something like that uh, so he just kind of was pushing through it this is his explanation anyway um but it's scary i mean anytime somebody collapses before or after weigh or or on the day of the fight which we had last year with trevin uh, giles if you remember uh collapsed like an hour before his fight uh this or maybe it was right before his fight i can't remember it's scary i hate this part of the sport it's the stupidest part of the sport the weight cutting just to get down to a weight in which you'll fight someone who also had to cut a bunch of weight to get down to fight you. Just fight it the weight you walk around it. It's the same thing.
1: It's really kind of ridiculous. I mean, there's no reason to cut weight, I don't think. I think people, we've been we've been seeing that they perform better when they're healthier walking into the cage. Gilbert Burns is proof of that. Like, and I think someone said it best. I, I think we, we made a comment or something on Twitter, and someone said they'll be fighting the same people if they don't cut weight. <laughs>
0: yeah i forget who said That's that pretty uh, true I, I wish i could give them a shout but but yeah it's it's 100 true
1: <laughs> so like ah oh, man just just stop cutting weight there's i don't see the the big upside to it at least not the anymore idea,
0: the idea is that oh well everyone else is cutting weight so i have to or you know probably started it as well i want to g- gain a competitive advantage they're not cutting weight so i'll do it but once everybody's doing it it doesn't there's no competitive edge all you're just doing something goofy and and even at that You may not have a competitive edge because we're seeing, like we just said, people like Gilbert Burns, people like Dustin Poirier, people like Tiago Santos. They're moving up. Alexa Grasso, another good example from this from this card. People who are moving up in weight and they're finding better success, being healthier, not abusing their kidneys, which they're going to need a lot longer than their fight career. And maybe in a how about an example
1: from this card going the other way, Adolfo Vieira cardio completely shot
0: i think he's just that a guy, thickly muscle dude i don't know how i'm I'm not sure he would do any differently at 205 i I think he'd be better off
1: he not did putting seem his to say that this that. is
0: actually I, I believe he said this was like his easiest cut though no I, I don't believe it well i mean believe it or not that's fine he's saying it but that doesn't make it true um but i i do think he's just anybody who has that much muscle it's just not the best body type for mma when i spoke to actually uh Alistair Overing recently. He mentioned, or no, no, it wasn't, it wasn't when I spoke to him. It was actually an interview he did with Kevin Aioli, right? I listened to that when I was preparing to speak with him. And he said that essentially, and I think I think Kevin was trying to get at, like, how come you don't look like someone who was eating horse meat all the time, wink, wink. <laughs> and it never really quite got there. But, but he essentially said that he doesn't look, he didn't look like, or now he doesn't look like he did during, or for several years, he doesn't look like how he did during the K1 run. When he won the heavyweight Grand Prix, it's because of the different body type. He he needs more cardio. He needs more endurance. He doesn't need all that, you know, ripped muscle and that kind of thing for MMA. In MMA, you definitely want to be able to go five rounds. And I mean, whether you believe Alistair or not, for the reasoning, he's got a point.
1: Well, yeah, and he's he's gotten, he's been tested before. He's gotten through five.
0: Mm-hmm. Most definitely. Or almost all the way through five. He was about yeah, four okay. seconds away. That's from true. It. <laughs> Oh, my God. He would have made it. He was slowing down, though, in that fight. I don't know if you remember, but he actually was. That's I think that's part of the reason why he lost was because he was kind of losing steam. So he had probably about four and a half rounds in him. But I mean, it's heavyweight. It's hard. Yeah, that's tough to get through. But I mean, nonetheless, I, I definitely I would love to see weight cutting eliminated from the sport entirely one day. I don't know if we'll ever get there. It's going to take a, a cooperative effort on the part of commission's. To make sure that gets done, or or some sort of government intervening, which is not going to happen, and either. fighters
1: wanting to not
0: cut. Well, I mean, they'll have to do whatever regulators tell them to do. But yeah, it it will take that as well. You need you need more examples like Gilbert Burns to succeed and and, and to show that hey, you can be better at a higher weight. Hey, Jorge Masvidal, same deal. He was a lightweight most of his career. He moved up to welterweight. A billion examples. Uh, it's it's so much better when they all move up.
1: Uh, and that's going to do it for this episode of the Couchside Judges. We'll be back again on Friday to break down UFC Vegas 19.
0: Vegas 19, that's right. It, uh, another heavyweight headliner, just like the last one uh, last weekend. We'll also have something else. We're, we're working on something for fun for you guys, hopefully an interesting uh, thing to bring to the show that we don't normally. But uh, stay tuned. Thanks for listening, everyone. Take care, everybody.